This is Shifting Our Schools episode 118, and equity should not lead to inaction. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I hope this episode finds you and your family safe and healthy as we all go through this COVID-19 crisis together. It's been a crazy March, to say the least. Here in the state of Washington, schools have been closed since March 17th and will not open until April 27th at the earliest. Our state education officers have required public schools to provide an educational experience for students. Now, most schools in the state were already doing this or making plans to do this. However, there were a few who were not making plans to provide any educational experience for students, citing equity issues as a justification. Equity is a lens we must always consider. However, if you have inequities in a virtual school setting, I have news for you. They already exist in your face-to-face system as well. If anything having to move to virtual school might be shining a light on the inequity that has always existed within your school system. It has brought these inequities to the forefront, but that should not be an excuse to not do something. Not doing anything is far worse than trying to do something. This is why for years, when working with school districts who were going one-to-one, I would make sure we promote that going one-to-one is an equity issue. In 2020, learning must include knowing how to learn on a device. For those school leaders, board members, I'm talking to you, who were not willing to look at technology as an equability issue before this happened, hopefully they are reflecting on this now. With that in mind, I wanted to share with you some more thoughts on this current crisis we're in and how we need to think and rethink as educators about what it means to teach in this current crisis. Let's start with what we know students and families are going to need in this crisis. A graphic created by Jay Dodsell on Twitter can be used to rethink how we teach in a virtual setting. You can find that graphic in the show notes, but I'll explain it here in the audio version as well. He created a graphic using Maslow's hierarchy of needs and called it the COVID-19 hierarchy of needs for schools. And under it, he states, our kids and families need us more than ever to model social and emotional learning before content. And the hierarchy starts with at the very bottom, we need psychological needs. We must meet the psychological needs of our families and our students first. Then come the safety needs of our families and students. Then love and belonging, esteem, understanding that you will make it through this, self-actualization, and then at the very top, school. Let's start with what we know doesn't work in a virtual school setting where we are thrown into crisis mode. Number one, packets of worksheets. Packets of worksheets do not work for anyone. Whether you have a device or you do not have a device, packets of worksheets do nothing educationally for anyone. Years of research on what equates to good teaching and learning show us that packets of worksheets are ineffective, time-consuming, and inauthentic ways to encourage learning. Number two, sticking with your curriculum. No curriculum was ever created for a pandemic. To think you can just keep going in your curriculum is not going to work. Besides, 
all tests have been canceled for the year. So the curriculum that was based on helping students pass the test is no longer relevant. Think about this, teachers. You have been unleashed from your curriculum that you found to be too rigid and state tests that you felt put too much pressure on you and your students. You have been unleashed to rethink what education can look like in this crisis. On some level, I hope that excites you. Number three, sticking with your timetable. Sticking with your timetable is not going to work. You are no longer teaching six periods a day. You're teaching 120 students all at once. If you refer back to the graphic above, you'll notice in times like these, school is not, nor it should be, our top priority. Notice it says school and not learning. Learning can still be a priority, but will only be if it does not feel like school, look like school, and students have all of their other needs met. As many of us keep reminding you, students and families coming to terms with their quote-unquote new normal can take up to three weeks or more. We need to make the education we always wanted for our students a reality. It's time to rethink teaching and learning, if for no other reason, than we must for our students. A tweet this week by Tyler Rablin, who you've heard on this podcast a few times, I think summed it up nicely. He tweeted this week, Everyone while schools are open, quote, I wonder how we could make interdisciplinary projects a reality, unquote. Everyone while we don't have traditional time slots for classes, quote, how do we put together packets of worksheets for each content, end quote. Uh, what? So here are things that we know are working that are coming out of virtual gatherings I'm hosting with educators who are in the trenches and you are hearing here on Shifting Our Schools. You can refer back to episode 117 to hear some of the the story I'm about to tell you. I want to highlight one teacher's journey who I feel is doing things the right way. Shannon Cunningham is a fourth grade teacher in Enumclaw, Washington, who is sharing her virtual teaching learning experience on the web for others to see. Here's how she starts. Number one, reach out to your students and families. Make a video like Shannon did, link provided in the show notes, that allows you to connect with your students and families. Not only did Shannon make a video, but she also called each of her students and families to check in. Every teacher has access to parent phone numbers. And if you know there are families that do not have technology, a phone call might be what they need. A phone call. How simple is that? You have the information already. You just need to pick up the phone and call. Doing this not only helps with the psychological and safety needs of our family, referring to the Maslow, COVID Maslow hierarchy that we explained above, but it also allows the teacher to ask about the learning environment. Do they have internet at home? If not, what do they have? Is there a smartphone in the house with a camera? Is there a PlayStation? What do parents need from you in the support of their child in this crisis time? You want an equity lens? Reach out and ask parents how can you support them. It doesn't need to be a phone call. Email works too. You have the information sitting in your student management system. It's now time to use it. Number two, create a structure. We know learning routines are essential. So you need to set up a structure for your virtual learning. Shannon gives out all her directions on Monday for the week. 
so that students and parents can set their schedule for the week knowing what needs to be done. She is using Google Classroom for this, but has also set up a Google site as well that you can find here, link provided in the show notes, with by giving a weekly outline, also an example in the show notes, at a time she gives students and families choice over time and place of their learning. Number three, teach as if the world was your curriculum. This is the most important part and by far the most difficult part. You have to rethink teaching and learning through a worldly lens. Instead of worksheets, you need to think in terms of real-world applications to the standard and then find ways to make that the learning. In Shannon's class, she created a Build a Fort project, link to project in the show notes, where students get to build a fort at their home. They then measure the perimeter of their fort, sketch a drawing of their fort, take pictures of their fort, write directions about how to make their fort so someone else could build it, and then research forts in the state of Washington. Of course, this project is going to take multiple days to complete. Shannon is thinking of ways she can cover things she never could before. There is no way in a traditional classroom she could have had students create authentic forts in their homes that cover all aspects of her curriculum. But when you think about all of the resources that can be found in a home, you unlock new potential for learning. What are fun things you did as a kid? And what was that learning involved in them? Ask yourself that question and you start to use the world as your curriculum. You start to rethink teaching and learning in authentic and purposeful ways. Our goal is to make learning authentic, purposeful, and equitable. All things, I would argue, cannot be found in a packet of worksheets for students to do. If you want to give students a packet, give them a packet of choice boards that cover your standards. Tyler Rablin, who is a high school English teacher, shared his earlier this week on Twitter. You can find a copy of it in the show notes, but I'll explain it to you here in audio form. It's a one sheet that at the top says choice grid, and then the directions say, choose and complete two activities from each row. Have a parent or guardian initial in the box when you've completed the task. The left-hand column has five different areas for students to pick from. Connection, purpose and passion, wellness, reading, and writing. Then each row has four options for students to choose from. And I won't read them all to you, but here's a couple of them. Under connections, there are things like interview a caretaker about their life or play a game with your sibling. Under purpose and passion, learn something you've always wanted to learn or write about how you want to positively impact the world. Under wellness, turn off your phone for 24 hours or do 30 minutes of physical activity. Under reading, read 100 pages of a book or find an article online and decide how reliable it is. Under writing, write a letter to someone in need. Check out the attached page for more information. Or write a story that starts with the following line, I never expected it to turn out this way. In the end, we must rethink what teaching and learning can be. We must understand we've been unleashed from the daily grind and have an opportunity to rethink teaching and learning. We must continue to ask ourselves, 
What if the world was my curriculum? And with that, I'll see you on the network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.